this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. You know, if I had to pick one area of personal finance that I feel is the most misunderstood, that had the most bad information just floating around, I'd have to say anything related to debt, you know, loans, credit score, all that stuff. There's just so many rumors about how and when and where you should be paying down your debt. It just makes sense that I end up getting a lot of questions around it because, you know, there's just a lot of confusion when it comes to this area of our finances, which is why I wanted to answer a question that I got in from a listener named Diana. This is what she said. I'm currently saving for a house slowly but surely. So this is my main goal slash money sucker. I paid off my car about two years ago, but I still put aside the car payment amount I used to pay into a savings account to be utilized when I need to buy a new car. I currently own a Honda and I plan to run that thing into the ground, so I'm not in a huge rush, but I'm curious, is it better to put the money I'm saving towards a down payment on a new car, or is it better to put that money towards additional payments after it's financed? Ideally, I would pay for the car outright and not have a car note at all, but you know how life works. I have good credit, but I'm curious what would be beneficial in this scenario. So first, Deanna, thanks for sending in that really great question. This question boils down to a debate over putting the biggest down payment possible on a new car or going with no down payment at all and just making larger monthly payments. You know, as I sometimes do, I went a little overboard. I couldn't find a loan calculator online that I like that would allow me to compare, you know, putting a down payment on a car versus making extra payments. So, you know, I did what I sometimes do and I just decided to make my own. I spent three hours working on this just to answer this one question and I do not regret it at all. Uh, So, there's not a lot of details that Deanna gave in this question. So I don't know, you know, what type of car she's thinking about buying, how big of a down payment is in play. So I just made up some of my own numbers to use in this example. So I was going online, I was searching around. And according to Kelly Blue Book, the average new car that was sold in June of this year was $48,000. That's a lot of money. And, you know, Deanna says she's driving a Honda. So, you know, maybe she's more like me. We're going to keep the price down. So I decided to drop it down to $30,000 because I think that's a nice, affordable-ish car. You know, it's not cheap, but it's not super expensive. So that feels like a realistic number to work with here. And after searching around, I saw that auto loans are around 5% right now. And then we'll pair that with a five-year loan because it's the most traditional, you know, 60-month, five-year loan. That's what most people end up going with. So I took all these numbers and I plugged them into this (laughs) calculator. I spent way too much time building and these are the numbers I got back. All right. So if we're just going with that traditional loan. No, we're not working in the scenarios yet. A $30,000 car financed at 5% over five years, no down payment. Your payment would be $566. And you'd end up paying about $34,000 when it's all said and done once you tack on that interest. So now this is where the fun comes in. This is where I got to play around with some scenarios and different numbers. And this is what I found out. So if we go with the first scenario here, down payment. I'm just going to assume that, you know, Deanna's been putting a lot of extra money aside. She's got $10,000 sitting, waiting to go towards this car, keeping everything else the same. The payment would actually fall all the way down to $377. So that's a pretty significant drop. It's almost $190 less than uh, the car payment without any type of down payment. In total, she would end up paying $32,600 over that five-year period, which is a savings of $1,300 compared to putting no down payment at all. Scenario two is looking at what if instead of putting any money down, so we go back to zero, zero down. What if she took that money 
and then broke it up into additional payments that she made towards the principal on the loan every single month. And the principal is just, you know, the actual loan balance. So oftentimes when you make a car payment, a portion goes to your principal, the actual loan that you took out, and then the rest goes towards your interest, which, you know, just disappears into the air and the bank gets to keep it. Well, we're going to go back to those original details. $30,000 loan, 5% interest, five years set up, your payment would be $566. So what I found was that making an additional $245 payment towards your loan every single month would shorten your loan down to about 41 months. So a little less than three and a half years. And if you were to make that extra $245 payment every month for 41 months, it would end up being roughly $10,000. But doing so would make your monthly payment $811. So a significant increase over the regular monthly payment of $566. Yes, you're paying a lot more money per month, but you're drastically shortening the term of the loan. But when I ran through the numbers, what shocked me was that there's really not a significant difference in the amount of interest you pay in either of these scenarios, whether you're putting the $10,000 down or you're just taking it and breaking it up and kind of doling it out slowly month after month. It ends up being almost exactly the same. So there's only a $3 difference between these two situations. And if I was put in the situation that Deanna's in and trying to decide how would I approach this loan, would I put a down payment down, would I just keep the money and make small extra payments every month? You know, there, you can really get yourself caught in a situation where you're overthinking this and just just digging way too deep into this, you know, like I didn't spend three hours making a spreadsheet, but you can, you can overthink these things. And I want you to know that these situations, no matter which one of these you went with, you're not going to hurt yourself financially. Obviously, the best option would be just to wait and keep saving until you have enough to buy the car outright or maybe buying something cheaper that you can afford all cash. You know, obviously, financially, it's going to work out the best for you. But like Deanna said, sometimes life happens and all of a sudden you might need to buy a car faster than you planned on. The first question I would ask myself if I was in this situation is, do I have an emergency fund? Do I have six months of my expenses saved in the savings account? Do I even have a couple of months saved? Because if not, putting a large down payment on a car could drain all of your available cash and you'd be giving up what they call liquidity. And liquidity is really just a word they use to describe how quickly you can take something you own, an asset, and convert it into cash. So obviously, if you have cash, cash is the most liquid thing you can own. But for example, if you put this $10,000 into your car, it's not really that easy to get the money out. You can't just go to the, the grocery store and like knock off a bumper or something and then hand that to them and get some groceries. It doesn't work that way. You got to go find a buyer and then you got to negotiate and then you got to sign paperwork and finally sell it. And then they might give you a, a check and you got to go take it to the bank and they might put it on hold. You know, it, it's going to take some time. So giving up your liquidity, your access to cash that you can easily use can be a bad thing if you don't have anything saved, because the last thing you want to do is put every penny you have down on a car and then an emergency happens. So if I was in this situation and I didn't have much of an emergency fund saved, I would choose the option where I didn't put anything down and just make extra payments every month. And then hopefully that room, that buffer that I have, keeping that payment lower would allow me to then save some money because the $10,000 is going to say, stay right there. I'm going to use that to make additional payments. And then any extra money I have, I can use to set aside and build up an emergency fund. So just if worst case scenario comes up and all of a sudden I have this huge emergency, this $3,000 emergency pops up out of nowhere, I have that $10,000 sitting in an account and I can pull it out and cover that emergency and keep myself going, 
Yes, it will take away that money I needed to make those extra payments down the road, but that's years down the road. And worst case scenario is I just go back to paying $566 on the regular schedule and nothing else happens after that. Now, if I have an emergency fund in place, I'm all set on that side. I would actually choose an option that's not here. So I would both put the $10,000 down on the car and then I would choose a shorter term. So I would go with a four-year loan instead of a five-year loan. And what this does is it makes my monthly payment about $460, which is less than the original 560. I get to pay the car off in four years instead of five. And I'm only going to end up paying $32,100. So that's a savings of $1,800 compared to the original loan that we had set up. And it's by far the cheapest option of all the things we've discussed here on the show. So, Deanna, that's how I would approach this situation. I hope this helps. I know I probably spent way more time talking about this than you ever wanted me to. And I know I spent more hours building this calculator than I probably should have. But it was still fun and I don't regret it. You know, I had more stuff put into this calculator. I have some scenarios on what if you would have invested some of this money instead of putting it down. All this stuff that really didn't work well in audio form and I didn't want this to be a a 35 minute episode. So I'm going to be putting together a YouTube video where I kind of go through all these scenarios. I'll show you this random calculator I built. I'll walk you through how I put this together and then kind of show you some of those investment scenarios that I didn't have time to talk about here on the show. You can just go to YouTube and look for Popcorn Finance or just click the link in the show notes and you'll you'll find it in there. If you want to be like Deanna and send in a question that I spend way too much time on, you can send me an email to questions at popcornfinance.com or you can go over to Instagram and just look for Popcorn Finance Podcast and you'll find me there. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy keep it poppin' like Mary Poppins.